0: Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.
1: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv.
0: It's baseball everywhere.
1: Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Nationals reporter, Jamal Collier. Jamal, time to talk about the outfield as far as this Nationals team goes. And when you think about the moves that... The Nats have made during the offseason. Obviously, the outfield is a big part of that with the addition of Adam Eaton and, and obviously also moving Trey Turner from that center field spot that he had late last year back into the infield. Um, but let's start with Eaton. Seems like the, the logical place to start. They gave up a lot to get this guy. Um, obviously, that adds some pressure. I'm not sure what kind of guy Eaton is as far as handling that pressure or even considering it pressure. Um, but when spring training starts and all the reporters around and we get closer to the season, is there going to be about, about as much attention on Adam Eaton as anyone on this roster?
0: Yeah, it's a good point, actually. Uh, that You know, you talked about just the prices they pay, and it's also just so, so unusual for the Nats to pay that price. You know, they're kind of usually a little uh, reluctant to, to give up their prospects. So for him to go and identify a guy with Eaton, a guy who's been a very good player, yes, the last three or four years, but um, he's a guy who's never been an all-star, never won a major award. Uh, and, and it kind of just, you know, shocked people. You know, if that, if that was the uh, price they paid to get a guy like Andrew McCutcheon or somebody with kind of a more of a proven track record or a proven kind of list of accolades, I don't think people would have kind of batted an eye. But, you know, for Eden, the the, the numbers necessarily don't, don't all jump out to you to think that this is the kind of guy that you would, would pay so much for. But um, there's going to be a lot of eyes on him to see exactly was it worth it. And it's going to be tough, and obviously, like you know, people will want to judge that deal right away, and then you know, based off what he does this season. But the Nets like this player a lot. They like the things that he's done the last three or four years, and they think he's a guy who's getting better, uh, a guy who's going to be consistent and be able to kind of put those numbers up every single day, uh, every time he goes out there. So a lot of eyes are going to be on Adam Eden, but they're really not concerned about how he'll respond to it um, because you look at the last three years, and the on-base percentage has been there. the, The war has been there. Everything has kind of been pretty consistent, and you know exactly kind of what player you're getting. I think they feel the same way about Adam Eden this year, and they feel pretty comfortable knowing they're going to get kind of uh, what they paid for here.
1: And you know what you're getting? You mentioned it offensively. There's a consistency there. There's that been that constant war where he's really been solid. I guess the biggest question yeah. mark goes to the defense because here's a guy who yeah. is a gold-glove right fielder, but that's a little different than center field. And when you look back on his time in center field as far as metrics go and, and advanced numbers, they don't smile as much upon Adam Eaton as far as his work in center field. So – to me, it's something where if a guy is that good in right field, he's got to be able to still get it done in center field. Is it is it just a matter of him getting more comfortable out there? Or, I mean, I guess what's your opinion on that?
0: Yeah, I've actually talked to some people from the NAS department and now it's um, you know, scatting analytics department. And that's kind of a similar thing is that when you look at the right field numbers, even the first year, 2014, at center field, and he's got very positive metrics in both of those. In um, the right field, necessarily isn't it? Isn't center field obviously? But at the same time, it's not like we're comparing third base metrics to outfield. You know, they, they are somewhat comparable. So you look at a guy who can play outfield, who's got the arm, who's got the, the range to do it. Um, and then there's some the things about 2015 when he was not very good in the outfield. He was also was playing injured, um, and you know, it, he didn't. His, the the extent of that injury at the time kind of wasn't necessarily all revealed. But you know, there were times we talked about he couldn't necessarily even sit up or sleep straight is because of how bad his shoulder, I uh, believe it was at the time there. So, you know, how much that uh, hampered him or hindered him, you know, kind of played a role in those numbers in 2015. But, you know, it, will he be, a? I, at least for me looking at it, I don't think he necessarily will be an elite center, field, uh, center fielder out there, but I think he still has a really good chance to be uh, above average at the very worst average. I don't think he's going to necessarily be a bad center fielder out there. Um, you know, just the better is that kind of uncertainty to see exactly what this guy's going to give you on defense. But um, they feel pretty com- com- comfortable looking at those two good years and just the kind of athlete and, and the arm that he has that they think that he could, you know, get into that, uh, fill that center field slot just fine.
1: And he may not be the long term answer in center field. Obviously, there's a prospect yeah. on the way, Victor Robles, who who's a, more of a pure center fielder, I think. And at some point, Jason Worth obviously moves on. And it seems like that's the logical move is to eventually get uh, Adam Eaton to a corner, but that doesn't help him in 2017 where he's definitely going to be the center fielder. We'll see how he can get things done out there, but they did well late last year when Trey Turner was kind of learning on the job, so uh, they can certainly deal with some mistakes out there, I'm sure. All right, so that's center field. You move to left field, and I just mentioned Jason Wirth. Um, He's getting up there in in age, obviously. Um, How's his range and and how much is going to be on Adam Eaton to help fill the left center field gap?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, Jason at this point, like you said, is just somewhere at at best an average defender, maybe, you know, a little bit below on some days. Um, Early on in the season, I remember last year, he just really, uh, he was still adjusting. It's one thing actually he's mentioned, as a matter of fact, he's been a pretty much career right fielder and kind of made the the full-time change to left field, which, um, you know, kind of on the surface doesn't feel like much. um, But there were times where he was pretty honest about how, you know, left field, you're, you're getting a lot of guys who are pulling the ball. You know, the right-handed bat, and it's just a different, you know, different read for him, for guy who played right field when everything's kind of tailing away from him everybody's kind of hitting the ball, you know, off the end of the bat and it's kind of going toward the foul line. So it just took him a little bit to just kind of get more, more and more comfortable. Um, you know, late in the season, like he did, look a lot, you know, better, a lot more comfortable out there. Um, still not great. He's not going to be a glove lover at this point, this age or, or anything. But uh, you know, he, he's a guy who, who I think that they. They get an average uh you know average average from him out there defensively they'd probably take at this point.
1: The good news for Worth in twenty sixteen is one hundred forty three games played, which is a big lift after yes. obviously missing so much time in twenty fifteen and the numbers really taking a hit. Um, the batting average 244 on base percentage, 335 a year ago. He did hit 21 home runs, though. So the pop's still there in the bat. Where do you envision Worth settling into this uh, lineup? He's really
0: interesting. I mean, you know, about a year ago or a couple of years ago, it kind of we, we were ready for Worth to kind of fall off and not necessarily sure what it was. And it was a guy who just been kind of been injured. Um, and he, he's a guy with aspirations that he takes care of himself and is healthy and is one of the most kind of uh, conscious about those things, about his body possibly on the entire team. Um, this is also a credit to Dusty Baker the fact that he got to 143 games. That Dusty was really um, cautious with him and, and playing him and resting him on days even when he necessarily didn't need rest or there was one thing that might have, you know, a nagging injury or something that hampered him. Dusty would necessarily give him a couple of days off. Just to kind of not push it. So, yeah, with, with Jason, you know, I, I, he's still a bit of a question mark. Obviously, when you get to, to 38, 39, like he is, you know, you have to uh, kind of monitor, uh, you know, expectations for him a little bit. But he's a guy who was, you know, somewhere around league average for them last year. Um, and that time is better. And I think if they get that from him, you uh, combine with the rest of their lineup in a way it looks, they take it. Um, so you know, right now with Worth, he's not going to be the guy to carry this team or the guy to hit in the middle of the order and, and do some of the things he did earlier in his career, um, but he's still showing that he's got some stuff, he's got something left, some in the tank, uh, and he can definitely be valuable and, and have something to offer for this team at the plate and defensively
1: as well. And you obviously get the leadership factor with Worth as well in right. that clubhouse and, and what he's been for this team over the years. All right, to right field and, and obviously Bryce Harper, coming off what, I mean, just a disappointing season all around after a Most Valuable Player award in 2015. Across the board, the numbers down a year ago. Um, and and part of that, I think, is dealing with the adjustments of everything. But what, what stood out the most to you as far as maybe just surprising you at what he struggled with in 2016 after dominating baseball the year before? I think
0: with Bryce, the thing that surprised me the most was how often he – um, it was a lot, there was a lot made about you know him being pitched around or him necessarily you know people not pitching him, which is true. Um, people definitely did not attack that guy based off what he did last year and based on what he did in April. But um, what surprised me late in the season was kind of how often he would get a he would get a pitch, whether it be a mistake or somebody decided to challenge him with a fastball, and he would miss it. You know, it would be whether he would just swing and swing and miss, he would foul it straight back, he would do. Something with those balls or where you look at where that ball ended up or where I think you think that ball's got to go 400 or 500 feet uh, to the Bryce Harper that we kind of got used to in 2015 in the first you know, first part of, of last year. Um, and that was, to me, was surprising. Um, I think that's it's part of the reason also people kind of have continued to speculate whether he necessarily hurt um, because those are pitches that he just did not miss as, as frequently as he did, you know, for that really – last year when he kind of really struggled for the most part of the second half. But, um, you know, I think that that was the thing for me that stood out the most, that there were mistakes that he was, that he was, he was pitchable to and and kind of let people get away with those mistakes sometimes last year that I didn't think he necessarily um, happened as frequently in
1: 2015. Obviously the skills are there and this is a guy who's entering just his age 24 season, which is still amazing uh, to me. So, you figure maybe nobody could be helped more from an off season and just getting away from it all for a little bit, maybe from a mental standpoint than Harper.
0: And that's the thing. I mean, it's, it, it 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 just seemed to all kind of just spiral a little bit, where you know, at some point it becomes a slump, and then the slump lasts into the into July or, or to August, and then you know, and then we're talking about what's wrong, and now do you make it? You know, it just, things just kind of kept snowballing on him, um, and a guy who would be able to get away from the game a little bit. Um, to relax and have a normal off season and and work out and train as hard as he does. Um, Yeah. I think it's, it's something that it, 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 I I really expect a a big bounce back out of Bryce next year. Um, He's just got too much talent, too much skills and we've seen it. We've seen him have the year like he did in 2015. We saw the April he had last year. Uh, We've seen him do it for, you know, times in the playoffs, um, the Giants series in 2014. So it's just, there's too much evidence to me to say, and, and too much skill, obviously, when he was drafted and coming out of high school, to say that this guy is um, as good a player as we all think he is, and one of the top, you know, if not two, three, or four players in the league. Um, that I just I, I would be surprised if he has a year that's closer to twenty sixteen. You know, I, I would expect something closer to what he did in twenty fifteen, as opposed to what he did last year.
1: All right, so there's your starters. How about the bench? How does this play out? Michael Taylor is obviously a guy that's still around, uh, maybe not quite up to what we thought he could be as a prospect, but still a talented outfielder. Chris Heisey's there, Clint Robinson, who is expected to get time in the infield. How does that bench play out as far as the outfield goes?
0: Yeah, there's probably still some some uncertainty with that. Um, As far as who's going to be the fourth outfielder, they re-signed Chris Heisey. uh, They like him a lot off the bench, but he's a guy they like to use in pinch hit situations, like to use him against lefties, you know, a spot start here and there. Um, He's not necessarily your fourth outfielder that if somebody – gets hurt or somebody has to miss, you know, a couple some time on a DL that he can step in and play every single day. Um, it's just probably not something they want to do necessarily right now. And just in his career, Heise has not been kind of successful in that role as opposed to the pinch hit role that he's kind of you know made a career out of it at this point. Um, so, you know, that's, we look to a guy like Michael Taylor, did not have a very good season last year and, and stepped in for Ben Revere when he got hurt at the beginning of the year and, and really kind of did not see that opportunity. Um, You'd think he's going to probably compete for that, uh, fourth outfielder spot with a guy like, you know, uh, Brian Goodwin, um, who another guy who was a highly-tied prospect, who dealt with some injuries, you know, kind of was in the minor for a lot last year, and, li- and really seemed to figure something out and put things together to, to, to you know, make the, to, to be there in September at the end of last year uh, and even make a push. He yeah, was being considered to possibly make the playoff roster. So, um, you know, those guys are probably the, the, the two leads for the backup outfielder. I think Taylor still has a bit of an edge. Um, unless he kind of plays his way out of it, you know, spring training. But um, he was also really, really, really good in spring training last year um, and kind of wasn't able to carry those results over. So a little bit of a question mark. You've got some guys who've got some, some chances are going to get, get a, uh, an opportunity necessarily to, to fill that backup outfielder spot. But, you know, not, not, not a, they don't have a real certainty necessarily as far as their fourth outfielder. So, you know, they're kind of counting on these guys that are there uh, to stay healthy, particularly with, with, with uh, Harper and Eaton to not only be healthy and be you know, two of their most productive players, the two guys who are in their prime, you know, who, who could play at a four or five or six-win pace, you know, depending on how how well they're going. So, yeah, I mean, a big thing for Nets is they need these guys to stay healthy and, and the in the place as many they can.
1: Great stuff, Jamal. As always, this has been MLB.com Extras, our Nationals edition. For Jamal call here. I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.
0: MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night
1: on every device blackout and other restrictions apply visit mlb.tv for details